Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nick Davis! Nick Davis! I don't believe it! I see it, but I don't believe it! We're back for a new... Uh, new story on our little footy story show. Uh, today we're going to be talking about 2009 Anzac Day and everyone knows what happened then. Uh, I've got big Essendon fan with me because that feels appropriate to talk about it. I've got Luke Ferguson here. How you doing? Thanks, Jim. It's great to be here. <laughs> um, we're getting pretty excited to talk about this one actually because it's a pretty significant moment not just for Essendon fans, but I think in general for people who just like footy. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the Zaharakis, Zaharakis has kicked the goal. Like It's one of those sort of great iconic footy commentary bits as well. I mean, you, you type Zaharakis, Anzac Day, and you'll get the um, commentary, all the different commentaries. Um, but I think the triple, triple M one in particular is yeah. probably the most iconic. And I think when people think of that game, that's probably the first thing they think of more than anything else. Yeah, for um, sure. For sure, yeah. But so much stuff had <laughs> happened in the lead-up to it, and it was a very close game the whole time, and then it kind of blew out a little bit, and then it came down to this moment. And both teams were heading into this game, having lost two games and having won two games, Anzac Day is always a really big one. The attendance at this one was 84,829. So, like, these are big games to be playing when both teams are pretty much evenly pegged, um, Collingwood being the other team, obviously. Um, Zaharakis was playing his fourth game of footy ever, well, in the AFL, um, and Essendon hadn't won an Anzac Day game since 2005. So, yeah, Collingwood had that over them for sure. And Collingwood, we were just discussing before, were leading into a premiership in 2010. They were a strong side at this time. They were building to something. So um, it was pretty significant what happened. So let's set the scene here. Um, It's halftime. Both teams have kicked six goals, six, drawn at 42. And it was just like, okay, here we go. As a neutral supporter, I was like, this is a great game. But I imagine as a supporter of one of the teams, you were a little bit stressed. Oh, no doubt. I think every, (laughs) every Anzac Day game for me is high key stress uh pretty much because like you said in this particular one Collingwood had had the wood on us for uh, quite a few of the games or about three or four years worth and even in the more recent ones um of today like Collingwood tends to have gotten the better of us but then this is one of the um, ones that for sure 
was much closer um, compared to, I guess, some of the other ones. So it was quite nerve-wracking in particular because it was um, that Maddie Knight sort of era in particular. Uh, so it was it was quite a unique, um, or I guess sort of um, transition period of wrestling <laughs> coming off the um, Sheeds and Herd era before the next Herd era. Uh, and Maddie Knight's is a much probably often maligned um, coach for the Bombers, but I think there was definitely, the, the, probably in retrospect looking back on this game, looking at obviously Zaharakis, but Paddy Ryder too, and a few other young players for us, like the, these are players. It was, in Zaharakis' case, I think he's now one of, if not the oldest player at the Bombers, or I'd say he's definitely up there as one of our older players, you know, all of 10 years later. But yeah, this year we'll make it a, um, a decade since that game too, which is pretty um, special. But even Paddy Ryder, who before he did um, uh, depart for Port Adelaide, was a huge player for us. And this was really the game where he came about as well, particularly in quite interesting circumstances with uh, David Hill going down. I think it was probably in the first couple of minutes of that game. Yeah. So uh, Ryder in particular, as well as um, Zaharakis, you know, it, it's a game that definitely stands out, I think, for a lot of Bomber fans. Yeah, so... We're, we're we're starting at the at the start of the third quarter, the second half, um, and Essendon kind of had control early, but they were struggling to hit targets inside fifty. So it was one of those really frustrating games. Where it's like you should be scoring, you should be get like building a lead, but they just couldn't finish. Some things never change. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, as Stanton, David, uh, Stanton, first name. Brent Stanton? Brent Stanton. I said Ben. That's not right. Oh, Stans. Um, but a Brent Stanton goal about five minutes in kind of broke that stalemate. Mm. Um, and Lloyd, we were just discussing as well off air before that he was on 899 goals and just could not kick one. He kicked three behind in this game. He just, it just wasn't his day. It wasn't his day. It wasn't Scotty Lucas's day either. And they were the two sort of pronged um, forward duo for us for many years. And really, Lloydy and Scotty were the reason I um went for the Bombers as a kid growing up. I mean, my whole family are pretty much Geelong fans, the family from Geelong. <laughs> so it's a bit it's a bit interesting that I ended up on the Bombers for no real family um, relations or any family ties. It was just grew up watching uh, Lloydie, Purdy, Scotty, and a lot of those players. So, And a lot of them were still around, or a few of them were still around, Adam McPhee as well, um, are players that quite vividly stand out to me as a kid growing up. So, um, yeah. yeah, you know, like you just said, you know, stuck on 899 and he... Could, he just couldn't get that, uh, couldn't get over the hump there. So <laughs> okay. they were quite uh, quiet that day, which is quite. A, um, I think it was a pretty big talking point in the context of the game, I suppose, because it left it to a lot of the younger players mm. to really um, stand up, as we'll, I suppose, get to. Yeah, for sure. And um, so, so Lloyd's just struggling along, and Davy then kicked like a super memorable goal. Oh, Davey. Um, Al- Alwyn Davy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and he. It was just like a snap around the corner that. It, it bounced over the head of the one-on-one in the goal square and it, it came through. So Essendon is starting to actually find that connection into the forward line, even if the goals are kind of freakish and weird. Um, so Essendon had been, as well, you mentioned being without David Hill, who did his ACL actually really early in the game. Oh. And you also lost um, Mark McVeigh right before the game as well. Yeah, so McVeigh was a um, laid out in that context. Unfortunately, I can't quite remember off the top of my head who it was that came in to replace him. But again, it's another sort of senior guard for the Bombers, McVeigh, Hill, along with Lloydie and Scotty being pretty quiet. So it left it to some of those younger players to really stand up um, in particular. Yeah, and then one minute left in the third. Essendon kind of chipping it around their defensive half. And this is why I brought up the Matthew Lloyd thing. Kind of chipping around, trying to just 
kill time so they can take their lead into the next quarter. And it's a very energetic crowd. You could say that, right? It was a loud crowd. Oh, it's always a loud crowd on Anzac like Day. <laughs> and it gets to Matthew Lloyd on the bloody defensive 50 where he should never be. Um, he obviously didn't hear the call to play on. I think it's pretty clear when you watch it that he didn't hear the call to play on. Not an excuse, but that's what happened. Um, and he got run down and tackled um, by Medhurst, actually. And uh, that resulted in Dane Beams having a shot, a set shot after the siren uh, to try and peg back that lead a little bit. For Essendon fans, it's lucky that he missed. <laughs> so the three-quarter time score, Essendon was uh, 67, Collingwood were 58. So... It's still a very close game. It's only nine points, two goals. It could it could go either way from here. So the fourth quarter begins. And Collingwood just have all the control. Lee Brown has a set shot for Collingwood. They're down by three points. Jack Anthony, who stood up in this game as well for Collingwood, uh, set shot, goal, they're up by three points. And Essendon fans are just like, God damn this. Yeah, I think in a lot of these Anzac Day games in particular, all these really big games, Anzac Day being probably the biggest for Essendon and um, uh, Collingwood in that sense, like these games really do have uh, that sort of swing of momentum. You know, they'll kick two or three goals and Bombers will get one or two back and that kind of thing. And I know, um, yeah, in recent games as well, it's been a bit like that too, where one team will go on a run, the other one will come back and... Yeah, in, in big games like that where it doesn't almost really matter where each team is on the ladder, both tend to rise to the occasion. The momentum can be a real um, sort of key factor, as I suppose we see, because Pies have the momentum early and then... Yes, and then. <laughs> and, and, then. <laughs> um, and then Paddy Ryder, as we talk about, he just oh, stepped Paddy. up and... As he do so time and time again. Yeah. He kicked a huge goal about 10 minutes into the quarter and it put Essendon back in front, but it was just such a lifter because it was this young guy who was having this breakout game. He kicked this giant goal and it was just everything to them and it was almost like he sparked the fact that, oh, yeah, Essendon could actually still win this. They're not down by that much because they looked a little bit defeated before that. Um, and then we get to midway through the quarter and Essendon just looked like they're running out of legs. They've been down a rotation for most of the game. They just looked exhausted. Um, and then a beautiful, like a really beautiful set drop from Pendlebury, who, again, 10 years ago was just becoming the player that we know today um, that put Collingwood up uh, by five points. It amazes so, me that he hasn't won a brown line. He's an incredible player, but yeah, he's just, I guess because he's not flashy, he doesn't get the attention that the flashy players get. Yeah, certainly. I think in a similar way, Cochin for a long time like has polled really well, but also never quite got there. But of course, after Watson uh, returned his uh, brown low and handed it back, it was eventually rewarded to Cochin and Sam Mitchell. Um, and I think in the, it's interesting in Pendle's case because I think... Swanee was just so yeah. dominant as well. And, of course, there was um, a few years later that sort of Swan-Judd um, sort of 
set of years where it felt like they won it in opposite years. The year that Juddy wins it, people thought like Swanee was the better player, but then the following year when um no Swanee wins it, people thought Judd was arguably better that year. Or yeah. Which I can't remember which order it was, but I just remember those two years. Like there was that period where um, not only was Judd playing incredibly well for the um, Blues as oh, having to literally carry that side on his shoulders, <laughs> uh, shoulder tape and everything, but with Swanee in particular, I know this game, you know, he had. Correct me if I'm wrong. Thirty-seven or something on disposals, which isn't un, um, you know isn't surprising for a lot of the Anzac Day games for many years. Swanee was always the one that really, really stepped up and always had an absolute blinder of a game. And even with Swanee, um, you know, once he had retired, I'm pretty sure still Sidebottom's another player that oh, even amazing. in recent memory, yeah. And again, another player for the Pies that came very, very agonizingly close to winning a Brownlow himself, or is polled really high up there at the very least. Um, you know, the Pies certainly have players that relish that big stage and in context of this game in particular in 2009, you know, Paddy Ryder winning best on ground, you know, he's it's you know he's still very early into his career, much like Zaha Rakis, and David Hill goes down in the second minute of the game and the coaches tell him, okay, Paddy, you're going to be rocking for the rest of this game um, completely. Uh, and then, you know, all of the, disp- I think it was like 27 yeah. Hit out to something like that and 10 plus something like tackles plus his goal, which came at a really crucial time in the game. So it's it's just remarkable, you know. 13 oh, tackles. Brother. 13 tackles, yeah. <laughs> like he, he really rose to the occasion in a way that a lot of players for both Collingwood and Essen have over the years on Anzac Day. So, yeah. no, it was it was awesome to see just how he was able to stand up. And he'd become such a key player for Essendon even in a couple of years where we really sort of struggled there. But even in the years where we were making a few fi- elimination finals, um, for a long time until Paddy then went to Port Adelaide, he was one of their best players for sure. Yeah, and I think uh, people forget how good he was at Essendon because he's had such a kind of tumultuous last couple of years. Yeah, and at Port Adelaide, he had a couple of years or at least one or two where the injuries had yeah, sort of... Yeah, that Achilles issue. The Achilles, yeah. Whereas, yeah, he was... Like, there was a reason Essendon was sad. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's see him go. I was um, very sad to see him go. He was my favorite for a long time. <laughs> Still is one of my favorites. I'd love to see Paul get a flag just for him. You can have favorites at other clubs. Oh, absolutely. I like Mitch Hannon. I'm going to mention that all the time. Um <laughs> 
Anyway, so Colin would have just kicked a beautiful set shot through Pendlebury. Um, they're <laughs> five points up. No, no, tangents are great. Um, <laughs> and that's what I'm here for, is to bring us back to the point. <laughs> um, and Leon Davis followed this up with a really oh, Leon, big Leon. running goal from, from 50, and Collingwood's up by 11, and mm. then it starts raining. It's just like, oh, Essendon, Here we go. what have you done? Here we go. Um, but then this kind of is controversial in a way, but it kind of changed the course of the game. It changed the momentum of the game. Is when um, Rocker gave away that free kick for a push in the back. And then not only did he give the free kick away, he I don't know if he didn't hear the umpire or if he was protesting the umpire's giving of the free kick. He ran and kicked a goal, obviously not counted, giving away the 50-meter penalty. And that kind of swung the momentum back to Essendon. In a way, it evens out for Lloydie uh, getting pinged earlier. It's funny. It's a bit like it's a bit like when a player gets a uh, shot on goal or a 50 that's clearly not there, and then they have the set shot, but they completely shank it. And yeah. It's like, well, footy karma. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a bit and like that swings and roundabouts. <laughs> so then Essendon, three goals down with five minutes to go. Love it. Sprints between the arcs, gets it to Leroy, Leroy Jetta who goals, and it's just like, okay, that was a quick goal. It was really nice to watch. And, okay, two goals doesn't seem like such a big task. Joe Watson, impressive clearance. Again, another player, like, kind of coming into his prime. Um, impressive clearance, and then uh, there's heaps of forward pressure from Essendon that keeps the ball inside their 50. And then it results in a free kick on the boundary and Ricky Dyson goals for Essendon. Ricky Dyson goals from the boundary. Tricky Ricky. <laughs> and uh, Essendon are two points down. <sighs> and there's there's like there's not much time left. Flooding back now. There's end-to-end play resulting in a behind for the Bombers again. Mm. And it just feels like they're pressing, they're pressing, but they're not going to make it. And at this point, it's like the 29th minute. Time is like really running out. There must be like a minute or two left in this game. There's no countdown There's clock. There's no countdown clock or anything like that. I wish we'd come back to that because it was great. <laughs> it works really well in A4W. I'm pretty sure they still they use it in A4W, don't they? Uh, the uh, no countdown. Yeah, there's yeah. no countdown clock in A4W. Yeah, so obviously, like when you watch a lot of those older games, it, it really sort of just reminds you, like, why don't we have that again? Why don't we go back to that? It was great. Yeah, it's uh, stressful though. Maybe too many heart attacks happened. Especially um, for Swans and certain oh grand finals. Uh. <laughs> um, then a kick in from Lockyer. It goes to ground just outside 50, and Essendon are able to recover the ball. And they're, they're smart, they're very calm in the way they go about it, and they just pick the right options. So It all comes together. Yeah. It's one of those passages of plays where everything, they just hit the right note every time. They just get, it was just they chose the right option. They executed it. They didn't send any handballs to ground. They didn't do any of those stupid things. That, what they normally do. No, that <laughs> bloody Sydney people do all the time as well. It's irritating. It's just like up a little bit. Um, <laughs> they managed to flick it round and it ends up in Zaharakis's hands as he, he's running in towards goal from the 50-meter line. To Zaharakis. Zaharakis has got the ball... There's pressure being put on from the side that looks like he's just going to get done for holding the ball. Yeah, he's he's just running forward and he wouldn't have a clue who's behind him. So no. you're afraid that he's going to get chased down and 
uh, brought to ground and give away the free in the dying seconds, yeah. Yeah. And they're one point down at this stage. And from about 45 metres out, on the run, while he's being tackled, he kicks this huge, huge ball that never looks like it's going to miss. It goes straight through as he's being brought to ground in the rain. And it's the most iconic image of him is him celebrating that goal on the 50 metre line. up in the air, just the sheer look of jubilation on his face. Yeah. And it's his first goal in the AFL. It's his first goal in the AFL. Four career games. He's had a lot more since then. But I think you'd you'd probably even ask him and that'll be one of his sort of top three memories when his career's done. Hopefully... Winning a final uh, <laughs> since 2002, 2001. Gosh, it's been a very long time. Um, but also just, uh, yeah, like when, he, when all is said and done, like you ask any Essendon fan what one of, or most Essendon fans of um, probably my my age, I'm in particular, uh, you know, what one of their favourite or what their favourite Essendon memory is, the Zaharaka Sanzac Day goal will be very much up there as one of them. And it, like you said, it's it's not only an iconic game, an iconic sort of moment of commentary, obviously the Zaharakis, um, the call, but also just that shot in particular of Zaharakis with the sheer um, duration on his face, his arms up, the players coming around him. And what's amazing about that too is that there's still a little, there's, you know, seconds, seconds, there's not even a minute left at that point, but they all have to go back yeah. to the South Square for another um, bounce. And I think, oh, God, what would have only been, you know, a dozen or so seconds. It wouldn't have been very long at all, um, if memory serves, but would have felt like an eternity. For but the crowd was still so loud from so celebrating loud. that goal that yeah. you couldn't even hear the sirens. Yeah, exactly. When you watch the um, the video, the sort of the um, footage of the game as well, like the, um, I guess it would have been on Channel 10 back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even playing it over with like the triple M commentary, which is probably the most, is the one where the famous Arakas call is, um, from, but yeah, just watching that footage, you see the crowd, just the absolute scenes of the crowd celebrating. But you're right, you, you don't hear the siren. No. The commentators say it, like they, they've heard it, they know it's gone, and the players know. But it's, yeah, it, the crowd, which, like you said, was, you know, 84,829 uh, 800, or thereabouts, um, you know, the sheer deafening roar, roar of that crowd. Like that's that's my favorite thing about games like that is just the crowd and the atmosphere. There's nothing else like it. Yeah. And in a game as memorable, it's close. It's close. Between two too. teams that have such a history. Exactly. As well. Yeah. Between two teams with such a history, um, as well. It's just there's so many aspects of that game that come together um, to make it so memorable. Which I, obviously for me, like in particular, I was you know as a kid growing up, that's obviously. A, um, particular footy memory that stands out to me, but yeah, like in Zaragoza in particular, like he's he's gone on to have quite a um quite a good career with Essendon since then. Like I said, I think I said earlier, you know, he's one of our oldest players now, yeah. which shows you how long it's come. But this year is, you know, it's ten years since um that two thousand nine Anzac Day game too. So it's pretty amazing um how much time it's been since then. I don't know. Hopefully, we've had we've had some pretty memorable Anzac Day games since then. Some that haven't gone in our favour, and some that have. And obviously, one that I'll obviously relish was uh, Joey Danaher's uh, breakout performance against the Pies in one of the Anzac Day games a couple of years <laughs> back. But yeah, I think if you ask most, even just generally like bombers or Pies fans, or even just every other um, supporter base, like you know, what's the most memorable Anzac Day game that you can remember? Yeah, most will probably say the Zaharakis. 
one. And they won't even say, you know, the 2009 one. They'll say, oh, the Zaharakis one. Yeah. The one where Zaharakis kicked the goal. Yeah. Because that um, moment almost defines that game. It totally does. And I (laughs) recently put out a question on Twitter asking people what their most memorable footy moment or their (laughs) favourite footy moment in history outside of any grand finals. Because if it's a grand final, everyone's just going to say grand finals. Yeah, exactly. Um, And (laughs) at least half of the responses were this game. Yeah. Which, considering all the things that have happened, even since 2000, mm. it, it stands out in all, like as a pretty significant moment in people's memories. Yeah. And, and like I said before, like players like Zaka and Paddy Ryder, like so early on in their careers and now they're obviously much, much older. Paddy obviously at Port Adelaide now, but both are, you know, quite senior experienced players um, amongst sort of the um, AFL fraternity, I guess. And it's interesting because... Zaharakis is one of those old players now and although he hasn't I'm sure he's been in the leadership group from time to time but he you know he might not be captain or vice captain you know Heppel's obviously our, our skipper now after um, Job uh, had retired but like Zach is obviously one of our um, elder guard in that sense or one of our most experienced important players and obviously it's, it's, it's great looking back on that game in particular and just in you know where his career really Obviously, it's not the only <laughs> goal he's kicked in his career, but it's certainly the most memorable. And the first, so And the first. It's a good way to remember it. <laughs> it's a good way to kick off a pretty long career. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nice looking back on it as a neutral fan because <laughs> I love, yeah, that crowd noise. Like, when it's a close game, the crowd noise, when it, there's been so much tension building for so long, it's just kind of everything. And um, it's cool watching this because the way the crowd goes up, a lot of the players um, have said about that game it was the loudest they've ever heard the crowd as mm-hmm. well, which for two teams that regularly play marquee matches and matches in front of really big crowds, that says something. Yeah, I mean, I am unfortunately haven't had the opportunity yet to attend an Anzac Day game in person. I'd like to at least do it once. Just Someone give Luke tickets. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, I, I have my membership and I can upgrade, but I guess every time it rolls around, like, just with work and everything, I'm probably just too um, too busy to actually get a ticket and I'm sure they're just, they just... They get snapped up so quickly. I mean, Essendon fans and Pies fans alike will um, get them so quickly. But, yeah, no, um, in terms of games that I've been to where the crowd would have been, like, on par with what that Anzac Day crowd would have been like, I guess, for me, would have been 2017 when Essendon played Hawthorne in round one and it was the first game where a lot of those players yeah. returning from the Osada suspensions and Essendon won that game and I remember being at that game um, and it just was, yeah, the crowd and the atmosphere in that game was something that, like, I haven't come close to experiencing at any other games I've, I've personally attended, um, like, been there in person. But obviously, yeah, with that Anzac Day crowd, it would have just been... It would have been unreal to be there in person I was still in school <laughs> at the time. It was that what, a long ago, um, I guess, in the sense now that it's a decade now. But, yeah, for me, like, the closest comparison for me would be the 2017 round one between Essendon and Hawthorne just because it was just the sheer emotion of that game too. I think the emotion on that Anzac Day game for a lot of Bombers fans um, would have been something else. But, uh, yeah, because, I mean, we've had, so, we've had a lot of memorable Anzac Day games. And like I said at the start, Essendon's been on the receiving end of some pretty pretty uh, hefty wallopings and a lot of times um, yeah I think Collingwood probably has more wins than us uh, um, I think it's I can't remember the exact number and there's one draw in there which was famously the very first one was a draw <laughs> but uh, yeah obviously that would definitely be the one that stands out as the most memorable only second in, um, with uh, Joey Tannehurst yeah. performance bloody Joey oh, um, Joey I hope he's back this year <laughs> 
we need him so much. Uh, I have mixed opinions on that, but this isn't the platform to go into it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to chat about the 2009 Zaharakis Anzac Day match with me. Um, I hopefully will have you back to talk about some other things as well. Um, but this has been another show of I See It But I Don't Believe It, and we'll be back in a few days. Call the bombers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>